Welcome to episode 77 of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thrilled that you are joining me for another week. And if you're new, welcome. This is a place where I talk about biohacking and wellness and nutrition and holistic health in general. Topics vary quite a lot. And I really just, yeah, like to explore different things and and talk to different people who have different perspectives than what we might normally hear in the mainstream. This is cool because I'm actually wearing my new aura ring and it's day two of wearing it. So I'm looking at it right now while I'm holding my mic. And yeah, so I, I got the new one. If you're listening, then you know that. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you know But basically, the Aura Ring tracks your sleep and activity. It's mostly known for being a sleep tracker. And I first got mine in 2019 and love it. And then the third generation came out and there was so much to talk about that. And I kind of was on the fence if I wanted to get it or not. But ultimately, I decided that I should get it. And so I I got it and I got it in gold. Um, And I'm wearing it right now. So a few people have asked on Instagram if I should do like a review and like what my thoughts are. And yeah, I'm definitely going to. I think I'm going to wait a little bit before, before putting it out there just because I need time to see like the analytics and see the difference. Because right now I just got it right. So it's like, I don't even really know too much about all its capabilities, but so far so good. Like I, the new one definitely feels lighter than generation, the the second generation. It's also smoother to the touch. Like it feels nicer on my skin, which I really like. And of course it's got the daytime heart rate tracker, which is interesting. So it's interesting because you can also, so basically what it is, is like on the home screen on your phone it will show you in the last five minutes, the range of your heart rate. So it'll say like 58 to 72 or something like that beats per minute BPM. And then you can like click on it specifically and look at the different times and look at your heart rate. And if you also click like this underneath that, like heart rate, you just have to hold your hand still and it will take your heart rate right then and there, which is cool. I like this. Like, I think it's helpful and I think it's interesting. And the purpose of it is to understand what you're doing in your day-to-day life that's impacting your heart, right? So are you drinking a ton of caffeine in the morning and your heart rate's elevated? Are you not moving enough during the day and you're, and you know, your heart rate's, I guess, not too low, but you need more exercise and you need to be moving. Also just like stressful meetings and stressful situations and overworking and that type of thing. So the idea is to really like get more data on how you are performing and acting during the day and then how that's impacting your sleep. So obviously that makes sense. And I, I think it's cool that they're bringing this out. I personally would love to see HRV for during the day. Now, I don't know like, I don't know if this is possible because I don't know, I guess like, I don't know like the average that they would take, like, would it be HRV for the last hour? Right. Like how do they measure that? Like heart rate variability is, you know, measures the time between beats, right. Of your heart. So how would they, I'm just trying to think like, how would they give you a number, like give you an average? Because I'm sure it changes so much throughout the day. So it would have to be over a certain period of time. So maybe it would be like the last five minutes, like they're doing with heartbeat, or maybe that's not long enough. Maybe it needs to be over the last hour. I'm not sure. But I personally love HRV. That is one of the most important metrics that I base my health off of. And it really, really shows me how my body is doing and my mind is doing in relation to the stress in my life and workload and over-exercising and that type of thing. So when things are going well, my my HRV is actually pretty high. So I think the highest I've ever seen it is probably, I don't even know, maybe 130, maybe 140. Yeah, probably 140 or so. But then the lowest, like I've seen low like I've seen in the 30s and that happens when I drink alcohol. My heart does not like it and it's been one of the 
key components in me moving away from drinking in general has been the ability to see its impact on my heart and my health through the aura ring. So yeah, so I'm enjoying it so far. I'll definitely do a better recap in the next few weeks, maybe in the new year, just because the holidays and stuff are coming up. But I'm definitely going to keep my generation two because some people are returning their generation three and some people have like issues with it. So I'm kind of nervous to like send it back. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, so stay tuned for that. And if you have an aura ring and have any advice, like obviously reach out and I would love to chat as well. On this episode this week, we are talking about spermidine. If you follow me on Instagram, which is at biohackingbrittany, you know that I've been talking about spermidine quite a lot lately. And the brand that I work with that is amazing is Spermidine Life. And this is a podcast um, all about them. Or sorry, I guess their supplements called Spermidine Life and they're from Longevity Labs. But I have Don Moxley on the show with me and he is from there. And we just dive into this. And I first heard about Spermidine a few years ago and really became interested in it because of its ability to trigger autophagy. And this is interesting because obviously you can do things like intermittent fasting or keto, which also does the same thing in terms of triggering autophagy. But for me, like both of those things have caused negative concerns with my health when I've done them too much or for too long of a period of time. So if I can take a supplement that kind of mimics that same activity in the body, then I absolutely want to do that. And that's what spermidine does. And we get into that. We get into the science of it. We get into inflammation. We get into other things with autophagy as well, looking at our environment, biohacking, a bunch of different things. So it's a great episode. And if you are interested in trying spermidine, which you should be, because it's one of the best longevity supplements that you can take. It's probably the number one supplement I think biohackers take in general. You can do throw, do so through my link. I will put that in the show notes for everybody. You can use my discount code, which is biohackingbrittany and I will link it for you. Or if you're listening to this and you're on your phone and you want it super easily, just message me on Instagram and I'll send you the link directly. Actually, it's also in my bio link on my Instagram page too. So you can just find it right there. And a quick shout out to this week's sponsors, shouting out Keon. I am loving working with Keon, which is Ben Greenfield's brand. I am focusing on their lean supplement, which is basically something that helps you when you eat calorie-rich and carb-rich meals. It basically reduces the impact it has on your glucose levels. So if you're having a big holiday dinner or a Christmas dinner or Hanukkah, whatever it is, you can take something like Keon Lean and really reduce its impact and help support healthy metabolism, healthy weight, and healthy glucose levels, which is super important, especially with the holidays coming up and we're all eating probably more than normal. And so this is what I am taking every time I have something that's super carb rich. And I know Ben Greenfield does that as well because I've heard him talk about that on his podcast. So definitely recommend it. The link is in the show notes. You can also go to my website, biohackingbrittany.com. This is episode 77. You'll find it right there. And that will be linked. And also shout out to Inside Tracker. I, I've talked about them so much, but I really love what they're doing. If you are still on the fence about getting tested at home and, or maybe for the first time you're thinking about doing this, right? Like getting your minerals tested or your nutrients tested in terms of like vitamins or your hormones, and you haven't done this before, you'll be surprised at how much data you can get from that type of test. Once you realize that, oh, you know, maybe this is high or maybe this is low and it's not optimal, then you can start to see that is maybe why you're feeling a certain way or dealing with a certain symptom. So I think testing is much better than guessing. And I always, always try and get my clients to test and my friends and family as well. And Inside Tracker is my go-to because it's just so easy. Like it's an at-home test 
You don't even have to do anything. You just have to let them in. They take your blood and then you get the results and they even have an app. So it's, it's flawless. It really is. So Again, discount code biohacking Brittany in capitals. That's always my discount code, by the way. I always try and keep it the same just because it's easy for all of you. And coming soon, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been saying this for so long, but my new website is out right now. It's not perfect, but we're getting there. It's a little buggy and we're fixing some things. So that's why I haven't been promoting it yet. But we will have a new page coming out soon that's not currently published. And it's a shop page. And all of the products that I am an affiliate with will be on that page. So then you can just go there. You can find all the supplements and the tests and everything that I do. And so it's much easier for everybody. So that is coming and I will definitely let you know when that is out. So yeah, enjoy this episode today, episode 77. And let me know if you have any questions or any feedback as well, or if you've taken spermidine and you have had interesting results. I know some people swear by it for things like hair growth and nail growth. So I'm super curious if you notice that as well. And otherwise, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am super thrilled and excited that you are listening for another week. Today is cool because we are talking about a molecule called spermidine and, or spermidine. I say spermidine, but anyway, that might be the Canadian part of me, but I have heard of this molecule for the last couple of years. I think it's one of the most like popular biohacking supplements out there because it's so focused on longevity. And that's typically what biohackers like to focus on and like to prioritize. So I'm really excited to actually be using it now and to have the Director of Applied Science and Brand Development from Longevity Labs Plus with us, which is a company and they have their first product out, which is Spermidine Life. So Don Moxley, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brittany. I'm excited to be here with you today. Awesome. So I know you were kind of touching it on touching on this before we got started, but like how did you get to working for longevity labs? How do you wind up selling spermidine? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and not not something you typically that, that was not written in anyone's yearbook anywhere. But my pathway here has been interesting. I'm trained as an exercise physiologist. I've spent about 25 of the last 35 years either as an adjunct or an assistant professor teaching the exercise sciences. And then back in 2015, I left academics and I was at the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, working with their wrestling program, which I'm an alumni of that program. And we were working with them on athlete recovery and athlete readiness and, and, and really started doing a lot of work with heart rate variability and understanding that and wound up with an invitation to leave Ohio State. And I worked in the cannabis business. So and, and while I was at OSU working with the wrestlers, our data was flowing over to what's called the Air Force Research Lab. It's at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. It's the largest Air Force base on the face of the earth. And they have a thing there called the Air Force Research Lab where uh, they work with all the elite warrior groups, the, you know, the SEALs and the, the Naval Special Operators and Delta Force out of the Army Special Operations Group. And they were using Ohio State athletes, football and wrestling as analogs, looking at trying to create some kind of a biometric tool for warriors. This was a wonderful experience. And at this, while I was doing this, I had guys working in the pros, either strength coaches or sports scientists coming to me saying, hey, what do you know about cannabis and its impact on HRV? And I said, well, I don't know anything about it because my guys are NCAA athletes and that's against the rules. So so we're not going to see any effect. But I started to do some research and, it, and, and when you look at the role of cannabis and its impact on the endocannabinoid system, well, when you're measuring heart rate variability in that autonomic nervous system status, you're essentially measuring endocannabinoid status. So when I had a chance to go into that business and do a deep dive into the deep end of the pot pool 
and and learn about it. It was a just a wonderful experience and, and got me shifted away from barbells and dumbbells and, and, and treadmills into molecules and how these molecules affect people. And I got a call one day from a guy that I worked in cannabis with. He says, hey, what do you know about autophagy? I said, I've got a passing understanding of it. I've not really done the deep dive on it. And he says, what about, have you ever heard of a molecule called spermidine? And I'm like, nope, first time there. And started to do some study. And this longevity lab started uh, about three years ago, four years ago now over in Austria. It was founded by uh, a top researcher in the area of autophagy, a guy by the name of Dr. Frank Medeo at the University of Graz. And, and they had the opportunity to start to refine this spermidine-rich extract from Central European wheat. And um, we launched the American division of this now almost 18 months ago. So that's how you go from being an exercise guy to selling spermidine. Yeah. Uh, That's so, so interesting. And like, before we get ahead of ourselves for everybody listening, who is like, what the heck is this in the Mm -hmm. first place? Like what is spermidine? Can you break it down for us? Sure. So spermidine is a molecule that's in every cell of your body, men, women, plants, and animals. It's a molecule that we now know declines with, but people who live well into their nineties and hundreds have spermidine levels in their cells similar to people that are 30 years old. The molecule is called a polyamine, which means that it has multiple amino groups. If you've heard of amino groups, you've heard of amino acids, which come together to make proteins. But if you take that amino acid and you take the acid, it's called decarboxylate the acid off of it, then you just have an amino group. And and spermidine has three amino groups. There's a precursor called putrescine that has two amino groups. And there's a, another in the chain that's called spermine, which has four amino groups. So it's just a, it's a little molecule. It's got seven nitrogens and, excuse me, seven high, uh, carbons and three nitrogens and the accompanying hydrogens. Pretty stable molecule, but we, you get it dietarily, primary primarily dietarily, people who live in the blue zones. If you've read the book Blue Zones about populations that live well beyond those that are around them, they have spermidine-rich diet. And so we get it from we get it from our diet. It's also synthesized in the gut, but you've got to have the precursors there. And so that spermidine is is what's called a polyamine and, and you primarily get it from food. Right, right. So what are the typical benefits that somebody would see if they started taking spermidine, you know, every day for three months or something like that? Well, the the real cellular benefit that you see is it's what we've learned is it's a key molecule in this process that we've learned that's called autophagy. Um, you know, autophagy is an intracellular process of, it's typically, if you've heard the word autophagy, you've probably heard it associated with, so as you lower environmental resources, as your body says, hey, there's not as much food coming in, it lowers the signaling to the cell and it tells the cell, hey, you know, we're going into a, a place of famine now, so maybe you should go in and if you need resources, why don't you go ahead and clean up what you've already got? So the cell starts to take a look inside itself. And when the cell's healthy and making proteins, not all the proteins are made exactly right. And if you've got a protein in that cell that's not quite right, it never leaves. It just sits there. But when you fast or when you upregulate autophagy, you start to digest those proteins back. They digest them back to their amino acids so that they can go back and and make new proteins, or if you have old organelles like mitochondria, we we actually have a process that's called mitophagy, the autophagy of mitochondria, which is a really important part of the cell. So as spermidine levels increase, autophagy levels increase. And the things that come with that are improved immune response. So your immune response is very important and very dictated on that cellular cleaning. You have improved cardiovascular fitness because you have the the cells in your heart and the cells in your blood vessels actually are cleaner and more flexible and more durable with the increased autophagy within those cells. So you see improved immune, improved cardiovascular, 
we actually see some rather dramatic and neural performance. We, we had a paper published about two months ago. I guess it's longer than that. It's almost three months ago now looking at spermidine supplementation with dementia and older adults with dementia who took spermidine, the dementia improved. So, and we see, we saw an increase of thickness in the hippocampus of the brain. And this is the hippocampus is kind of like the memory part of the brain. So as it gets thicker, memory gets better. So improved autophagy, improved cardiovascular, improved neural, improved viral or immune response. All of those are benefits. But the, the one you really notice is the upregulation of what's called epithelial, which are the cells that make your skin. Any, anything that's on the outside of the body, and this would include your epithelium makes up your gut too, the outside of your gut, but you have an upregulation of epithelial stem cells. And what, when we talk to our, when we talk to our customers, the people are using it, one of the first thing they notice three to five weeks after starting is their fingernails start growing. And that's an upregulation of those epithelial stem cells. So there's an improvement in hair, skin, and nails from that improved epithelial process. And and as the research has improved and increased, we're starting to see some improvement in, some other, in stem cell progress in other areas too. Yeah, it's actually interesting you say that because when I was posting about this on Instagram, I had a few women reach out to me and they said that whenever they take it, they notice a difference in their hair and their eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. It just, I guess they get thicker, they grow longer, that type of thing. And there's so many supplements out there that like claim to do that, you know, like these beauty supplements. But I think it's really cool to go at it from this perspective and from this level, right? Like working on autophagy to do these different things, which leads to this, not just something more simplistic. So yeah, yeah. And there, there's a couple of interesting studies looking at hair and there's actually an improvement in the, in the hair follicle improvement. And listen, it's, I, you have to be careful that it doesn't, that you, it's not, it doesn't do everything right. But there's a lot of good things it does even down to when we take a look at spermidine it's responsible for the polarization of some of your inflammatory cells going from inflammatory to non-inflammatory. So I've, as I've studied this, Brittany, and I've started to look at it, you know, anytime that you have an inflammatory situation in your body, and most of us have it from some aspect of our environment, that's usually a drop in autophagy. So as you increase autophagy, you decrease inflammation. And then by the way, you also have these great, like I said, this epithelial stem cell production, the improvement at the neural level. There's just a lot of good things that come with it. I'd love to quickly interrupt this podcast to ask you, do you know your biological age? Do you know your current hormone, vitamin, and mineral levels? Honestly, it's hard to know what's going on internally without getting tested. And traditionally, you'd have to go through your doctor or your healthcare provider to order these tests, go into a lab, and it would be a whole ordeal. (laughs) It would take a while as well. For me personally, this has always been a hurdle for understanding what is actually going on and how to optimize my biomarkers and even know my biological age in the first place. Thankfully, though, we can order a at-home test from Inside Tracker that lets us do this. It tests for your biological age, your hormone, mineral, and vitamin levels. This is a very, very comprehensive test that lets you get a ton of data from a single kit without having to go to a doctor or go to a lab or really leave your house. If you're looking for the ultimate blood test, try Inside Tracker, which includes testing 43 different biomarkers and the option to test your inner age and your DNA. You can use my discount code BiohackingBritney for 25% off all of their products. And you can go through there through the link in my show notes or my website and get tested today. Yeah, it's interesting as well because I like with autophagy, obviously it's quite big again in the biohacking and the longevity anti-aging space. And like you said, like a lot of people talk about intermittent fasting for it or eating keto. But for me, like both of those things actually wreak havoc on my health and I've done both of them. And so that's why I was like so excited about this was because it was like, okay, I can actually activate autophagy without stressing my body without impacting my hormones and my menstrual cycle because 
I'm not eating enough food or whatever it is, right? And that's why I'm excited, especially for women. I think this is like a fantastic product to be taking for like the benefits we talked about, but also for autophagy and longevity so that you don't have to do these restrictive things that everyone else seems to be doing. Yeah, I think autophagy is going to be an interesting part of the nutritional menu. I've over the last 35 years, I've had a chance to teach nutrition at a collegiate level, oh, probably a dozen times. And it's not my favorite course to teach, but every once in a while, someone's got to teach that section. And you teach what I call Wardwell Nutrition. So the typical nutrition textbook that you use in a college classroom was written by an author called Wardwell. And it is proteins, fats, carbohydrates, vitamins, minerals, water, how to read a nutrition label. Those are the big units, right? And what we're finding as we, and remember, autophagy, this is a relatively new concept. We just, they gave a Nobel Prize in 2016. This is within striking distance of recency. So we now own, and we now understand it. And and I really believe the nutrition textbooks a decade from now will include a chapter on when not to eat. You know, the, listen, we've got some really cool, Walter Longo at USC with his fasting mimicking diet, a really interesting, that's really interesting when you can take two individuals, feed them the same number of calories, the same, and not the same number, the same diet, but one of them consumes it in a short period of time. The other one consumes it in a longer period of time. So one has a longer period of fast. Same number of calories, but the person who consumes it over the shorter period of time and has a longer fast is healthier. So not just what you eat, but when you eat becomes really important. And then when you start digging into, you know, the quality of the food, this is one of our challenges is that I was listening to your last podcast talking about your goat. And then I kind of chuckled. I grew up on a big farm in Eastern Ohio. So we had lots of beef cattle and we had chickens that we slaughtered and ate. And we had fresh eggs that we picked up out of the yard. So I kind of grew up the way a lot of people are trying to go back to, right? And when you start to take a look at this, there are nutrients, that, there are obvious nutrients that we lose when we start going into mass production of certain foods. You know, when it, whether it's row cropping plant foods or whether it's mass feeding um, animals, there, there's a drop in the quality of nutrients. There's a change in the nutrients. I mean, meat that comes out of a feedlot is higher in omega-6 than than something that's been grass-fed. And it's those omega-3s that, it's the omega-6s that drive inflammation and it's the omega-3s that resolve them. And what we're finding with this molecule spermidine is that we are having difficulty finding spermidine-rich wheat in the United States in order to create our, so our product comes from Central Europe. The rules on agriculture in Europe are very different than they are in the States. So, so what we've, what we've identified is, wow, here's this unique little molecule that plays a very important role, particularly in these inflammatory style diseases that lead to increased morbidity and lead to heart diseases and cancers and neural problems and all those things that, that, that wreak havoc at the end of life. Well, and as you increase the spermidine content, you increase autophagy and we're able to stay away from a lot of those diseases of older age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember when we talked about this a while ago, and I think that's so interesting that you have to find it in specific wheat. And like that's how stripped our food is now that like this one molecule that is fantastic is actually very difficult to find. And it probably wasn't like that a hundred, 200 years ago, which is a, which is a much bigger issue like than than this and, and that we're all facing right now in general. Yeah. The food industry is interesting. It was, and listen, I am, I turned 60 years old on my next birthday. And so I grew up and again, I have an undergraduate degree in animal science and agriculture and back in the 70s and the early 80s, I remember the, the onset of the agricultural revolution and the value of no-till planting and introduction of chemicals into farming and just how much more productive you could get. And these are food sources that were really good for solving the problem of starvation, but they may not be the best for sol- for optimizing. And this is this is one of the challenges that you have, that if you live in a place where you're not worried about starving, you have access to food. 
You then have to make choices on food that are based around health optimization, not necessarily just food presence. So yeah, and, and there's a give and take. When you row crop and use chemicals, you're, there's a benefit, but there's also a cost. There's always a cost-benefit analysis that goes with this. And it looks like one of the costs is this little molecule spermidine. Yeah, yeah. I find it interesting that you are sourcing this from wheat. And of course, let's talk about sourcing because you hear spermidine and you think, okay, this is probably going to come from a male animal, obviously. <laughs> like, like, like legit, that's what you think. So I, I just, the questions on people's minds, obviously, when you hear the name of it, like- Where did it come from? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So the, the name is funny. So- the, the spermidine was first described by uh, a, a Dutch, uh, a Dutch is actually a textile um, salesman by the name of Anton van Leeuwenhoek. And Leeuwenhoek developed a single lens microscope. And he's wound up with the, the moniker of the father of microbiology. Now, I've listen, I we've taught this for years and I saw it and I thought to myself, well, how in the world does Anton Van Leeuwenhoek wind up with some of his semen on a glass? I'm thinking, so Van Leeuwenhoek's a freak, is what he is. And it's Mrs. Van Leeuwenhoek was obviously behind her doing a lot of good work, and that's why we have the microbiology we have. But it was but it was first the molecule so there were they described crystals and semen and male semen. And it wasn't for another 200 years, a group of German researchers named it. And, and since it was in semen, they, they just, that this crystal, they figured out that it was this polyamine and they gave it the name spermidine. And, and it sat for a long time. And it wasn't until the 1970s and 80s that they started looking at it as a possible element in the cancer pathway. That did not hold up. And then it was in the 20 teens that actually Frank Medeo in his lab, they took spermidine and they put it into senescent cells, the cells that had gone zombie, and these cells began to rehabilitate. So when you look at cellular senescence and the inflammatory, and if you think about senescence, it's typically an inflammatory response, inf inflammation, lack of autophagy, increase autophagy, improve inflammation, and rehabilitate cells. And this is where it really came into the aspect of a health and wellness. And again, spermidine, there's, there, there are thousands, there are tens of thousands of research papers, peer-reviewed research papers on spermidine. And most of them come from the plant uh, kingdom, looking at it in plants. So it's in a lot of plants. It's in a lot of places. It's just the question is, where is it dense enough in food sources that it makes a difference in, with human consumption. So we, again, Longevity Labs has learned how to extract it from wheat germ. And again, we're having to use wheat germ from Central Europe. We get our wheat from Southern Germany, Northern Italy, Austria, that we're an Austrian company, but, and we've got good supplies there. We're able to do it there. And so that's kind of where it got its name, where it came from. Again, Anton Van Lin Hook, the, the freak. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Good. I'm glad that you described that and explained it because I think that's just what is on people's mind when they first hear about it. I know when I've taken this supplement in front of my partner or whoever's in my house, they're kind of like, what is that? Oh, and you know what I mean? Especially people who aren't in the health world. It's like, no, this probably isn't what you think it is. So when it, when it comes from wheat germ, and I got this question a couple times on my Instagram when I was talking about it, people are concerned that there's gluten in the product. Is that so? And is there a lot? Like, what, what's the deal with that? that that's a, listen, that's a great concern. My and, and Brittany, my wife has celiac. So we are a very gluten aware household. As we've worked our way through this, I've had to hold her hair back way too many times and getting polluted is awful. So we do come from wheat germ. There is a very, very small amount in our supplement. So celiac's association to, to be declared gluten-free, you've got to be below 50 parts per million. And celiac's association recommends that someone with celiacs keep their gluten consumption below 10 to 50 milligrams a day. We have, in a regular serving of spermidine life, we have 1.3 milligrams of gluten. 
which is roughly one fifth. It's it's one point three compared to ten to fifty to stay below. Now we have a lot of celiac patients with it, that have taken our product and are doing well with it. We've not heard from a lot that didn't do well, and, and that doesn't surprise us. If someone does good, they like to tell the story, and if they don't, they don't necessarily talk that much about it. But if you do have celiac, if you are gluten sensitive, we recommend start care start. So if you take one tablet, our regular dosage is two tablets a day. You know, start with a tablet or break a tablet in half. And and the other recommendation we have for people is perhaps take that tablet and break it up into a like a smoothie, which you can do, which which you're immediately, I mean, you put that tablet into a smoothie, you're now well below 50 parts per So it's a concern. And again, coming from someone who has celiacs in their family, I want you to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try and avoid gluten as much as I can, but I'm not celiac. And so I... It's yeah, it's more of a preference at this point, I would say. Well, I think it's all it's listen, it's healthy. It's an important I mean, it's a good thing to do. I don't have celiac either, but I've really backed off. Our household is gluten free. When you have one person in it that's that the celiac, you have to be careful. And I've got an, a, my daughter's 23 years old and she was back living with us while she was in grad school here for the last two years. So we, you get, you learn how to deal with it. But like I said, we've had a lot of testimonials from customers who are celiac, who have been able to use the product without an issue. We just think, listen, it's, it sucks when you get polluted. So be careful. We, but, but we think, we think we're safe. Are you concerned about the upcoming holidays and your ability to continue to eat healthy? I've had a few people reach out over social media and my clients and ask me about tips on how to follow their diet or nutrition plan, but also enjoy themselves. It's tough when we have Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas parties, holiday parties, New Year's, work events, and anything else that really gives us opportunities to indulge in super calorie-rich food that we usually don't eat. So how can you not worry as much about this and still maintain healthy glucose levels and start the new year on the right foot? I believe in balance and I definitely think you deserve to indulge, especially this year when we haven't been able to see friends and family a lot lately. The events that we do go to in person, I want you to have a good time and have fun and I would hate to have any recommendation that is restrictive. I'll be taking Keon Lean Supplement which uses plant-based ingredients to support your metabolism, even after carb-heavy meals. So when you're out at these parties, dinners, and events, and likely eating more carbohydrates and calories, using Keon Lean helps to shuttle the excess glucose in your bloodstream into your muscles rather than storing it as fat. Through this mechanism, it supports metabolic wellness, assists in weight management, and can be a part of your diet to help maintain a healthy blood glucose level. I will definitely be taking a few of these at all of my events, absolutely, and you can do the same. It's super easy. Just go to getkeon.com slash Brittany, and you get 10% off all products, including Keon Lean, and also 20% off any product subscriptions. You can use my code biohackingbrittany at checkout as well. Again, that's getkeon.com slash Brittany for 10% off all products and 20% off all product subscriptions. This link will be in my show notes. It'll be on my website. And also you can DM me and message me on Instagram and I will send it to you as well because I think we all need this for the holidays coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from wheat germ, like can you get spermidine from other foods? And if you can, can you get enough of it for it to make a difference? Yeah, that's the challenge. Have you, do you know the product NATO, the fermented the yes. Japanese? Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't. Okay, NATO is spermidine rich. And, but it's, it's, if you don't grow up Japanese, choking that down is pretty hard to do. It's pretty nasty. Now, if it's part of your culture, you're great. And that's certainly a food source that's going to be really rich in, in spermidine. The thing that we have found, and this is the challenge, is that it runs, it, you don't know what you're getting. We can talk about broccoli and mushrooms and nuts and, and stinky cheeses. And certainly those have spermidine in it. The question is, is there enough for you? If you live in a blue zone, you're getting enough. 
what we're finding is that the rest of the world is struggling to do so. And we're looking at research, trying to understand. I, I, I want to get to the point where I just go to the grocery store and I get some broccoli and I get some nuts and I get some mushrooms and I send them to a lab. We've not been able to do this yet, but certainly when you look at the literature from spermidine levels in food, there is a huge range. And the median is going to be shifting to the left-hand side. It's going to be a huge range. And we just don't, what we're finding is it's pretty hard to do dietarily. Yeah. That, unless you're in a blue zone. Yeah, that's what I figured. And I think it's like that for a lot of really, really key nutrients like this. Unfortunately, like I'm on the side of the fence that I do think we need to be supplementing our diets. Like I just don't think that we get enough nutrients from our food in today's society. And unfortunately, like that's where we are. And and yeah, it costs money. And yeah, it's a lot of work. And I don't know, like that's part of trying to live optimally. Like it, it just well, is what it is now. Yeah. What's funny about this, Brittany, I'm, I'm working on a talk on biohacking that Remember, I'm an old exercise guy. I've been teaching exercise science uh, since the early 80s. And I've watched the evolution and devolution of the fitness business. And, and, and then you look at this from a nutrition standpoint. Listen, we've been biohacking ever since we've been packing sailors onto sailboats from Europe trying to find the new world. And they figured out that if they didn't have enough limes on board or enough citrus, they develop scurvy. And so literally that's like the first biohack, right? You know, packing limes on the boat when you went across the Atlantic. And we've slowly been figuring out this nutrient thing. And I do a talk where I, I show up, I show two pictures of an, one of an orca that is in captivity. And when you look at their dorsal fin, most of the time orcas in captivity, their dorsal fin curls over. But when you see an orca in the wild, their dorsal fin is usually straight. And what we know is that there's not enough environmental force on an orca for it to express its DNA when it's in captivity. Now, we can keep it alive. We can feed it. We can give, let it move enough that it doesn't die. But we can keep it alive, but it doesn't optimize. And when you look at zoos, old zoos, they used to put animals in concrete block cages with steel bars in front. And those animals lived an average of three and a half years and they were neurotic and they had digestive issues, and they which sounds a lot like humans today. But you take that same mammal particularly and you put them in an enriched environment and they're able to express their DNA. They reproduce. They live long lives. So so the question I have, and I'm sitting here talking to you, my, my office has this great glass wall in it. So now it's nighttime now, so I can't see out of it, but... You know, a lot of times you have to ask yourself, which side of the aquarium do you live on? Are you on the inside or the outside? Do you go from the, you go from your house aquarium, your car aquarium, your work aquarium? And what is the impact of the limited environment that you have, which includes food sources? And it's not, and, and I think biohacking gets hard a lot of times because there's just so much. There's just so many things. There's so many bugs and so many nutrients and so many exercise and so many gadgets that you just get overwhelmed. And I think a biohacker has to take a step back and say, okay, what's going on with my environment? How is my movement environment? Am I moving enough that I need to exercise or that I don't? How is my food environment? Am I getting my food from places that I need to supplement nutrients or, do, or am I getting natural foods, you know? And then there's your sleep environment. And then I call it your light environment. You've got to You've got to look at the impact of those four, I call it the four big rocks in the jar, and you have to hack at those. And, and Brittany, yours is different than mine. You can probably go out and see an orca if you wanted to where you live. I can't, but this is the challenge that we have. And we've just found that this the autophagy is a big deal. If you're living in an environment where you're not able to limit your food consumption periods and you can't fast and you don't have food that is necessarily spermidine-rich, then you need to supplement it. Um, because it turns out autophagy is just a critical process, and we can't afford we can't afford not to facilitate it in our daily lives and optimize. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, well, we're on the we're on the same page, and that's really cool that you are you're focusing on biohacking like that. Let me give you let me give you one other point too. I think you'll enjoy this. There was a paper that came out about two weeks ago looking at COVID, and I don't know if saving that saying this you know 
nukes your podcast or what? I, I mean, the paper. And what it says is what 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 the what the what the SARS-CoV-2 virus does is it actually interferes with the autophagy mechanism in the cell. It overstimulates the beginning of the autophagy process and it stops the end of it. But if you have an upregulated autophagy from viral infections of a cell will trigger an autophagy response in most people if you have a healthy cell. It also triggers an inflammatory response. This is one of the difficult things with COVID. But if you have upregulated autophagy from other sources, exercise, fasting, other places, it'll go ahead and finish that autophagy process that the COVID virus is blocking. And this is one of the big reasons some people do better with the virus than others. If you're he- if you don't have a lot of metabolic flexibility, uh, if you're diabetic and you don't have that metabolic flexibility, you probably don't have a lot of autophagy going on in the cells. So this is why some people do better with the virus than others. And and so th- these are two very interesting. Pay- and this directly links back to viral infection and where autophagy plays a role. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. It really does make sense. I have a different question for you, actually. So I'm just looking at your product sitting here in front of me because I keep it on my desk. And I like this might be for like legal purposes, but you say that it's not intended for children under 18. Is that does that have something to do with kids growing or is that just no, legal? No, that's a legal thing. That's a legal thing. And you know what? When people start asking me about spermidine, you know, I'll be at a lot of these trade shows or these big these big shows. And someone who's standing there that's obviously 23, 24, 25 years old, I'll I'll tell them, say, listen, evidence is that you've probably got a lot of spermidine in your diet. You're probably doing okay. There's a natural level there and you're probably achieving what you need and keep your money in your pocket. But what we've told people is that when you decide that you need to invest in longevity financially, if you've got a 401k and you're looking at investing in that and having a good retirement financially, well, then you might want to start thinking about investing in autophagy. And this is when you can start to make this part of your If you're exercising good, if you have a regular intermittent fasting or fasting program, you know what? You're really contributing to that well. But as you get older and spermidine levels drop, the efficiency of autophagy that are stimulated either by diet or exercise drop. So this is why as you get older, it becomes a more important uh, supplement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also just think with the amount of stress that young people are under anyway right now, and obviously with a pandemic and things like this, I don't think it hurts to be taking something like spermidine. Like I'm 28 and I'm taking it and I'm like very much aware of my longevity and I don't. At the same time, I don't have a lot of friends who really care right now. (laughs) Yeah, and that's that comes with being Brittany Ford, right? And that's a good thing. And you probably have you probably listen. I dropped my daughter off at the airport day before yesterday, and and she is she's a lacrosse coach, and she was on her way to the national lacrosse convention. And the car in front of me, man, I'll tell you what. I think the girl that got out of the passenger side. She looked like a lacrosse coach, too. And I'd be surprised if she wouldn't go in the same place. But the driver, her mother, gets out. And here's a cigarette sticking straight out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Brittany, some people don't get it. Some people are still smoking. Some people have decided not to make exercise part of their and move. And, and I use the term, I think you have to move first. Amish don't need to exercise. They move too much. They move so much, right? And so movement's important. If you don't get enough movement naturally, then you have to supplement it. You have to hack the lack of movement with, and I heard you talk about your, your Peloton, which is, I have, I have, I don't have a Peloton. I have a bike though. That's it. I've had, it's a, it's an ergometer, a real high-end ergometer that I can ride stages of the Tour de France on. It's a ridiculously bike, nice bike. I've had it for 20 years. And and um, and so you've got to have your hacks. That bike is my hack. Your Peloton is your movement hack. But you know what? There's riding that Peloton. If you have a choice to get up in the morning and get out in the light so you can feed both your movement uh, need and your light need, with the same tool, man, you got to do that if you can. But if you can't, then you, you know what? Then you got to use blue blockers and you got to get on your Peloton. Yeah. 
Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I would love to honestly do go for a long run in the morning in the sun, but I live in Vancouver and we've literally just had an atmospheric river and there's floods because we've had- You so guys have been rain. pounded lately, haven't you? Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's not reality, right? So like, and that's why, that's why like the biohacking and things like this come in play. And same with your supplement, like how we can't live like the blue zones, all of us, right? Like we need these things to support our health. And we can strive for it. But again, we got it. We, and everyone's different. You've got to look at your own environment and what happens with it and what changes and, and what you invest in. I, I don't know if you saw it when we were, you know, we had a little video going before we started this recording, but in my office, I have a sauna and, and sauna is a big part of my, my system. I'm, I've, I've had eight knee surgeries. So the, the days of me going out running are gone. They were gone a long time ago. So I'm constantly having to come up with hacks for that fit into my mood rock. And heat is one of them. Heat's a great, great movement hack. So I still exercise and do that, but I also sauna a lot too. Everyone's different and you're going to have different requirements and different paces, but you got to figure out what works into your system so that you can invest in this longevity. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I love saunas as well. I cannot wait to get my own. Oh my goodness, that's my, uh, my favorite I freaking, thing. I love my sauna. See, endorphins, <laughs> all of it. I'm just upset. But this has been fantastic. And I, I really appreciate your time and coming on and explaining this to everybody. So for everyone listening who's like, yes, I need to try spermidine right now, where can they go and how can they order some? So the best place to start is go to Spermidine Life, S-P-E-R-M-I-D-I-N-E-L-I-F-E dot U-S. If you go to dot com, you'll wind up at our Austrian site, our European site. So go to dot U-S and there's a store there. You can also go on Amazon and buy it too. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I will definitely put the link in the show notes and on my website. Um, and I also have a discount code people can use, which is Biohacking Brittany, and I'll be sure to list that as well. And I'll list your Instagram and your social platforms as well. We appreciate that. It's We're a small company. We are, we're a real tight group. We started with three. I think we're up to 11 or 12 now, uh, a year and a half late. We try and maintain really close contact with our customers. In fact, if you purchase the product from our website in the marketing cycle, you'll actually get an invitation to have a phone call with someone on our team. Now, I take those phone calls sometimes. I'm not taking near as many as I used to because I'm traveling quite a bit more. But if you, if, if something comes up, our chat on our website, Lindsay mans that and she's a rock star. We, I love her. She does a great job. So if you have questions or there's something comes up, jump on the chat on our website. There's most of the time there's a human there. Now we do have to sleep a little bit. We don't <laughs> man it 24 seven, but if we think it's important and we'll get back to you ASAP. Amazing. I love that. And again, like I will link that for everybody so they can check it out. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was like so easy and so fun. It's my pleasure. Brittany, you do a great job. We I've followed you. The world is lucky to have you out there. So I know your listeners feel the same way. So thank you for the job you're doing. You're helping a lot of people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.